Hello and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your Biz and Mindset Coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Holy moly, we should have been recording the entire time. No, that was a good talk. <laughs> that was a really deep talk. Lots of tears. <laughs> Gina and I will meet inside of our recording studio, usually 20, 30 minutes before we start recording, just to catch up and set some intentions. And this time we chatted for, that was like an hour, right? Yeah, I think it was an hour because we t- were on the phone before this. So yeah, probably an hour. Right. And we had a lot to talk about because... <laughs> Something came up yesterday. (laughs) And as you all know, Gina and I never waste a good trigger. Never. And it was just a beautiful way for us to witness a lot of the ways that our stories show up in our lives, the ways that our inner conflict creates outer conflict. Mm -hmm. And how do we acknowledge that, take responsibility for it without shaming and guilting ourselves? And yeah, and that's a pattern that I legitimately until I was friends with you did not know how to do. Same. I didn't know. True. Yeah. I did. I literally didn't know how to see myself make a perceived mistake or do something wrong. I mean, you remember I would just hide. Yeah. I mean, I was the same way with whether it was with the way that treated my my family or whether it was something related to work, um, whatever it was, it's like just would start to wallow and shoot these multiple arrows at myself of self-judgment, self-hate. And it was almost like, see, this is why I know I'm not worth anything. Like, see, like, this is why I should hate myself. It, see, look what you did. Yeah. Like, it, oh, I was almost just continuing to build this never-ending case against myself and why I'm terrible and don't deserve anything. <laughs> right. Like, so easy to count up all the things and times that I've done wrong yeah. rather than building myself up and seeing all the times I've taken responsibility for that and mm-hmm. really identifying with the person that's changing that, not the person who did that. Exactly. And so yesterday, Gina and I were working on something together. And I have to mention that I, I hadn't eaten anything all day. And I we're just hangry. had a really, I had a black coffee, yeah. like a strong French press coffee. And this project that we were working on was a bit It's not actually that there was pressure on it. I was just putting pressure on it internally because I still have a perfectionist pattern that comes up that I have to do things right and whatever whatever right looks like to me, right? A certain way, I'm expecting a certain outcome. And essentially while we were working on this, my brain was not perceiving the process to go the way that I had wanted it to go Mm -hmm. or that I had hoped for it to go, the way that my perfectionist pattern had wanted it to go instead of allowing it to move intuitively the way that it was. And I noticed myself getting very, very irritated. And so I said, you know what? I need to go downstairs and like go eat something and I'll come back. She was like, okay, that's fine. And I knew something was up because I'm never really mad around or at Gina. And my consciousness was already revealing to me that I wasn't actually mad at Gina. She was just there while I was mad. Mm-hmm. And it was easy to believe that she had been contributing to my problem. But I didn't actually believe that. Yeah. However, because I had sort of unceremoniously left, <laughs> I came back after I had a few bites to eat. And instead of acknowledging right away that, hey, like I was just really hangry then, I kind of started like going into her a little bit. 
Um, and frankly, just taking out my internal frustrations on her and what we are working on. It was like a justification and, or like a, I guess, explanation of like why. Right. Like why I was so irritated. Yeah. Instead, of be, instead of owning up in that moment that, hey, I'm irritated right now. This has nothing to do with this or you. And I'm going to take some time. Instead, I just kind of came back and I was like, okay, so listen, we got to do it like this. And like, this is what's going on. And you were like, <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> and I remember thinking... She doesn't agree with like she doesn't agree with me, but then like you honestly offered a really good counter argument, and it did help me change my perspective in the moment. Yeah. But the fact of the matter was is that I did not speak kindly, and it was brief. It wasn't like I went off on you for uh, no. like thirty minutes. It no. was like three minutes. Yeah, but it wasn't the way that I normally behave in our interactions, and it's not the way I want to show up in a relationship. And so that happened, and we didn't really resolve it at that present moment. We just kind of carried on and completed the thing and then said, love you, talk to you later. Later on, so I should also mention that Gina, you had your own experience of this entire thing that's not yet being shared. But yeah. Yeah. What were sort of your initial thoughts when this was going on? I mean, I think for the most part between Sam and I, I think what is so beautiful is that we're both just very honest. And I think we can both clearly see when it's a pattern talking and when it's Sam talking. Like I know right away when it's the real Sam and when it's just the shadow or the ego. It's very clear. And I think sometimes though, my shadow comes out and hears what she's saying and starts mm-hmm. to believe it. And so it, what it felt like happening was like the real us almost like faded into the background and both of our shadows came in and then they were just having a conversation because my shadow believed that your shadow was basically saying, you suck and you're terrible. And then I started to believe, oh my gosh, like I'm screwing this up. Like I'm not, I'm not good. It, and all of those thoughts came up for me. And so yeah, while I'm sitting there and after we had to get off, because we both had to go somewhere right away, which is probably good. We probably should have had some space right. to like think and 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 kind of process that. But as I was as I was driving to my next appointment, I was like really grappling with these like two parts of me. There was a part of me that was like, no, like that wasn't the truth. Like I know what the truth is. That was just a part of her. This is just a part of me. But then the other part of me was like, I think she's right. <laughs> I think she's finally telling you how she really feels or like, this is, this is the truth. Like you're under a delusion that you think it isn't true. Like, no, it is. And it was kind of like, yeah, the, this battle of the wills of, of trying to fight for what the truth was. And so I was grappling with that. And obviously I came back to knowing that's obviously not true. Um, I think one of the things that came up for us in the community call was, you know, it's you when it's loving. Mm-hmm. And when it's unloving. And so when I'm like, I know the way you were talking to yourself, you, and frankly, you weren't even really saying things to me in this conversation. You were saying things more about yeah. yourself. It's just, I happened I was to mainly, be in the room with you. So I, f- I was beating myself up yeah. and you were just there. And yeah. it, it's easy for you to believe that you had done something wrong right. because of the way I was speaking out loud. Yeah. And I think the, the realization Gina came to later on her own, even before I came back to her and apologized, was that she was having her own internal conflict mm-hmm. that actually had nothing to do with me. That was the truth she came back to. And that was always the truth. And I think we've talked about this before on the pod, but any sort of um, externalized action against you is it's always an internalized projection yeah. or it's always a projection that is coming from an internalized conflict. Yeah. So clearly I was in my own conflict and in basically cahoots with my perfectionist and how I thought this needed to go. And then I expressed that in a non-kind way and you were just there. 
Yeah. And I felt really bad. And I remember I got off of that call and yeah, you're right. We did some stuff. I don't remember what I was doing, but something came over me about four hours later. And it was this overwhelming sense of, I would never want her to think that she did anything wrong because basically I like, you know, I nourished myself and ate properly and like went on a walk <laughs> and meditated. And I was like, oh, I was in a state. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you don't, it's so easy for you to forget or recognize that you're in a state until you're out of it, right? Which is why you need that contrast because it honestly is like when you're drunk, like you have a few drinks and you're like, I'm totally fine. I'm like, totally I don't, fine. I don't, I don't feel it at all. <laughs> But then it's like you sober up and you're like, wow, I was pretty tipsy that night. You know, like you don't know. Yeah, it really is. That's what it's like. Because it's gradual. Like you literally slip into that state gradually. I mean, I guess you could just take a bunch of shots all at once, but you'd be insane. And you'd probably not even remember the night at all. But yeah, it was this sort of gradual, slow descent into like that controlling, just, yeah, that controlling energy behind what I was doing. And so when I shifted out of that state, I kind of assuaged my fear, you know, fed myself. I was like, whoa, like it all and it honestly all of a sudden felt like I just I just really need to clear that up with her mm-hmm. because I just want her to know that like I was hungry. I was not in a good state <laughs> and that had nothing to do with her. I'm sure she already knows it, but I'm gonna just say something. And I'm so glad that I did because it was one of the first times that I was able to witness like, hey, I don't like the way I acted. Mm-hmm. But I will not identify with that behavior and shame and guilt myself yeah. and punish myself. Yeah. I'm still worthy of love and compassion and forgiveness. And what makes me a bad person is not that I spoke unkindly in this one instance, but would actually be me not recognizing and taking responsibility. For yeah. Me. And for so many years before this, I would just fucking refuse to take responsibility because I wasn't willing to see myself in a negative way. Yeah. I didn't want to see myself as someone who freaked out. I don't want to see myself as someone who spoke unkindly. So if anyone tried to help me see that, whether it was lovingly or not, I would just protect myself and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's almost like or I would come up with some admitting story. it makes it real, but it's like you already did it. <laughs> like it's already I know. real. Well, that, <laughs> well, that's what Gina and I were laughing about before we started recording, which was that it's funny because I was trying to hide something that was already so obvious. Right. Like, there's nothing to actually do at that point other than acknowledge, apologize, forgive yourself, and move right. on. And what's really important to note too is that we realize that the forgiveness of myself would need to happen regardless of whether Gina yes, forgives me or not. Yeah. But also that once I forgave myself or once I realized that she had forgiven me, I also realized that there was no need for forgiveness. Like she wasn't actually holding her forgiveness from yeah. me. She wasn't withholding her love from me. I was just doing that to myself. Yeah. And as soon as I freed myself and realized, wait, like Gina's not going to stop loving me because I got upset like for three minutes today. Yeah. Like, it's okay to basically let myself be human. And, and I, I know you're human. Realized, even, right. And I realized, you know, I watched the Barbie movie and we won't talk about that because I have a whole like... I haven't watched it yet. I have so a whole... I, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. I have like a whole analysis on that. But, you know, that movie really reminded me that we're human. And that sounds so obvious, but the human experience is contrastive. There's dimension, there's texture in this universe. And I was realizing that it would be insane for me to believe that I always should act perfectly and never get mad and always have the best day. And it's why at the heart of every religion, we have to learn how to forgive ourselves more than anything. And so it was one of the most beautiful experiences for me that was so healing that started off contrasted, but then ended up transitioning into 
wow, I can actually acknowledge that I didn't like my behavior and that I am the one who is acknowledging, witnessing, taking responsibility for that and lovingly moving forward in both the relationship with Gina and in the one with myself. Yeah. Um, what I want to tag on to that is a post I actually saw of Xavier. I mean, you guys obviously all heard him in the last episode, but he had a post that said something about you know, a sign of emotional maturity is being able to have self-disappointment or to kind of be like, oh, you know what? I wish I said that a little bit differently without the shaming. And it's so true because even the way that I sometimes will spaz on my daughter, it's like, it's, it's good that I'm like, you know what? That wasn't okay. But can I do that without the huge freaking tsunami wave of shame? Because the shame almost like takes away the acknowledgement of what you did. And now you're digging yourself into a whole other hole. Whereas if I can just own up to like, you know what? Shouldn't have talked to you that way. Here's what I'm going to do next time. Here's what I'm working on or trying to find different tools or strategies that are going to better support you. Like that would actually be so much better for the relationship versus me just continuing to feel like shit about myself. Like it actually doesn't do anything. It just makes it worse. Even though we feel like punishing ourselves is like what we deserve maybe in that moment, but it's, completely fruitless and it only makes the situation like worse. Literally so much worse. Um, I convinced myself for so many decades that not so many. I'm 30. <laughs> like three. <laughs> Whatever. Three. Less than three because I wasn't conscious for all of them. But yeah. that I really needed to essentially repent. Like it's this religious conditioning. And I wasn't even raised in a religious household, but the idea of repentment and punishment, those are so pervasive in our culture. Like I mean, this idea that you need school. to like you have to apologize yes. to that person. You took their ball or better apologize to Sydney, your brother. Like that's time was me. out. Totally. Yeah. There's there is yeah. a consequence to a lot of things. Like even if you don't get a good grade, it's like you better study or now you gotta go get a tutor. Like there is a constant consequence to a lot of our actions growing up. And a lot of them are necessary and they're good, but it's like it does create a programming of, oh, I need to like punish myself now for every single thing. And I think for you, it was like this realization that, okay, even if Gina, like, even if I did say like, fuck you, like I'm done with you, (laughs) like you would have to find a way to forgive yourself and know that me not forgiving you doesn't mean anything about you. That's just my process. And you would have to find a way to be okay. Just like for me, I obviously walked away from that scenario because it was a project we were working on together. So when it felt like, honestly, this is kind of what happens to like, if you have a kid, right? If, if, somebody's talking about my kid, I take that offense to me, even though they're talking about my child because I made her. She's like a reflection of me. So when we have a project together and you have any comments about the project we're working on together, it does feel like a direct hit to me because I'm like, I'm I'm half in this, but you were only talking about you. And so anyways, right. what I had to remember was, okay, even if Sam was saying that I'm at fault and I screwed it all up and now like she doesn't want to work with me anymore because I'm so terrible, <laughs> I too would have to find a way to love myself anyway. I too would have to find a way to be like, that's okay. Like, I still think you're great. Like, I still love what you create. It, it's not contingent on even Sam thinking about that about me. And I think my, you and me are very different in kind of, I guess, our backgrounds. Like, my whole thing was codependency on external validation. And that's what I'm really breaking up with. And so I've been in such a season of loving myself, meeting myself, you know, becoming really diligent at not listening to that voice and meeting that voice with my own true voice. I've been so diligent, but sometimes the guards kind of start falling because as I said, my shadow heard your shadow and it was like, what's that? And it started to kind of get bigger. And I I, I didn't have, I guess, in that moment, 
the strength to kind of fight that shadow, I just started to collapse into it until I realized what I was doing. And I was like, wait, this is another opportunity for me to pick myself up and literally like rock myself out of this state and really just pour so much love into me. And that's honestly when we started talking. And it was such a it was such a beautiful experience. And I think even then, like you did have to stop yourself from even justifying why you did what you did. You were like, I was just hungry. And and even then you're like, but I know you still love me anyway. Like even if you weren't hungry, I would still be like, that's okay. I know you're human. You're gonna flip out sometimes. And we have, I think, heal both healed this expectation that this partnership has to look a certain way. I think when you get into business, when you or really that we need to look a certain way. In front is yes, that that too. Yeah. And I think sometimes people get into relationships thinking that you should never fight, that we should never have any conflict. And it's like, no. Like I said that to you yesterday in the voice note too, that I fully expect these hiccups. Just like I fully expect that one day my daughter is going to be like, I hate you, mom. Like I'm not going to be shocked when that happens. Like that that's kind of almost like a rite of passage but also almost a sign of how close we really are. And so yeah. I I think the beauty for yesterday for me was being able to see each other fully in each other's wound um and to be able to then heal ourselves and be our own medicine but in healing ourselves we were then able to like help each other heal. 100% because that's really what the cracks reveal are the ways that we're not being there for ourselves and we can't be there for someone else until we're there for ourselves. And yeah. so, I mean, I think we all know the difference between guilt and shame at this point, but shame is when you, or sorry, guilt is when you can recognize that you did something that was hurtful or quote unquote bad. And then shame is when you start to equate that with your sense of identity and state of being. Now I am bad. And so I actually identified where in my body I was beginning to feel the shame when all of a sudden, I think you did mention something like, yeah, it's totally okay. Like I know you were just in your own story and like I did my own processing around it, but like I'm okay. And then I sensed in that message that, oh my God, like I really did actually like hurt her pretty badly. And so the shame wave started coming up. And then I was like, but I like defended myself. I was like, I didn't do that on purpose. And I acknowledged it and yeah. I became responsible for it, which is actually what makes me good. Like yes, I yeah. can't be perfect. And also, I realized too that once again, let's just say Gina wasn't going to forgive me. What that would only signal or detail is that she doesn't forgive herself in situations like that. Yeah. And what's interesting is Gina and I have both been on this journey of like healing our anger. Um, it comes out mostly in our relationships <laughs> with our partners, but yeah. mine came out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and I've seen yours come out with friends and business and, and, your, and your child. And every single time you brought that to me, I completely love it and accept it. Yes. And I don't see it as who you are. And I don't I don't jump on board with you and say like, yeah, you should feel like shit about that. It doesn't change the way that you feel about me at all. Exactly. And that's what I realized last night was when I was basically letting myself off the hook, like not accepting the shame, not accepting the guilt. I was like, that doesn't make me a bad person because I'm not uh -huh. repenting. What would have made me a bad person would be not saying anything. And I already did. So maybe I can be a good person who makes mistakes. And that person just, makes mistakes. Like that's yes. that's just the that's just the nature of it. And it's it's so asinine to believe that we're ever not going to make mistakes. And that's why it was like, yeah, of course you and I are going to have conflicts. And we're literally twin flames, and we're here to. I, I really resisted this before, but we're, we are here to trigger each other, not on purpose, but I think just mm -hmm. in general, our experiences are so opposing. And 
um, they will trigger things in each other. You might experience this, um, like our listeners might experience this in their own life, that when you talk to a friend and they're talking about their own experience, how it then triggers something in you, even though it has nothing to do with you. And sometimes it might feel more obvious, like what we went through yesterday, where it did really feel like it was an attack on me. But either way, it's like, how can we really... I remember yesterday what I did was I untangled what was mine and what was yours. It felt like it was like a huge clump of like necklaces all tangled together. And I was like, wait, these are not all mine. And so I slowly started kind of untangling and I was able to kind of see, okay, like this is hers, this is mine. But there was still a wound for me to heal because it did kick up something within me. And yeah, it's so interesting because we've been talking a lot about perfectionism. Um, We talked about this heavily on our community call, which was so powerful. And it's so funny because even on my coaching call yesterday, um, I brought up the topic of perfectionism and a couple of the women in there were like, oh, I don't think I have perfectionism. Um, I think we think perfectionism means you think you're perfect, but perfectionism can show up in just your inability to make mistakes, your inability yeah, it to- It means you keep trying to be. It, yes. it does, you never think you are. You just keep trying to be. And just have these unattainable standards that- Like, yeah, like before you can post something on social media, like it has to be a certain way before you can post it. And it's only good if it gets this certain measurement or, you know, if you're going to, yeah, just do anything that you really desire to do. Like there, there's certain measuring sticks that need to be met before you're going to allow yourself to like feel good about that. And I think for me, perfectionism very much ran rampant in my life. And that really came from our childhood and mine came from like a need to just not feel like shit about myself. It's like, I never thought I would ever like what I do. I never thought I would ever like myself, but it's like, but at least if I can be as close to perfect as I am, at least I'll have something. At least I'll have something to show like, well, at least I did this thing. I know I'm not worth anything other outside of that, but at least I have this. And I think yours was different. I would love for you to share. Yeah, well, we talked about this before we started recording about how the perfectionism or perfectionist wound shows up and why it continues to be perpetuated by mm-hmm. us. And it was interesting because like you said that yours was, well, I feel like no one's going to like me anyways. And so I need to I need to do things perfectly in order to either earn others or my own my own approval. Yeah. Right. And mine was slightly turned around. It was more like, I think maybe I've convinced all these people who are like my friends and like the people that I work with in my life to like me because I've maintained this false facade of perfection. And if like any sort of crack is revealing like the actual truth of this reality, then, oh my God, it would all go away and everyone would go away with it. And then I would be truly unlovable because what I realized about this wound is that it comes from the unconscious belief that there is no such thing as unconditional love. Mm. And if unconditional love does not exist, well, then we have to keep meeting conditions in order to get it. And so it was really beautiful feeling this wound being just rubbed up against so many different times in the past few years and even just yesterday because it keeps reminding me that I still need to do the work of integrating that unconditional love is real. And that I can nurture that within my relationships and within myself. And it actually reminded me yesterday when I was apologizing and feeling this wave of shame that like, wait, we love each other unconditionally. She's not going to go away. Quickly interrupting this episode to talk about an exciting opportunity to work with both of us, our new six-month coaching mastermind, The Unlayer Itself. Gina, tell them what's happening. 
Together, we'll be working through the layers of self-worth, self-doubt, fear and anxiety, money trauma, nervous system dysregulation, social conditioning, generational trauma. The Unlayered Self Mastermind is truly unlike anything you'll ever experience. We literally created a container that features every single tool and practice that has ever helped us uncover our own unlayered self. Everything we learned to shed self-doubt, fear, guilt, and shame. And we had to spend collectively over half a million dollars in personal and spiritual development to now teach you what we embody. The Unlayered Self is a high-level mastermind that offers one-on-one coaching with both of us, group coaching, two in-person retreats, and an intentional community. You can get all the deeds by clicking the link at the top of our show notes. We begin the journey on September 12th. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, but notice too that like it yeah. takes time for you to believe that. You only believe that now because I keep showing you I'm going to yeah. love you unconditionally. And that's what needs to happen within ourselves. And I remember saying this on the call, you know, for some people, it is really hard to release the perfectionist, um, you know, archetype or persona. And what really helped me was I started to try to get perfect at loving myself unconditionally. I was like, listen, if I'm going to use my perfectionist... I remember. You were like, I have to love myself. I was like, but do you, you're trying to be perfect at loving yourself. Like that's like the, against... Totally. The but like if you're going to use that, that, that whatever characteristic of yourself and you have that, like something times for me, like I can redirect that energy and channel that energy towards something that actually serves me. Like I'm trying to get you know, yeah, perfect Mm. at loving myself even when I make mistakes. I'm trying to get perfect at, you know, having compassion for myself and and understanding that it makes sense that I'm like this. And I don't actually mean perfect, like I need to hit that. But if you're going to try to be perfect at anything, how about try to be perfect at being nice to yourself? Because even if you don't, even if you don't get perfect, at least you're being nice to yourself. And if there is such thing as being perfect at being nice to yourself, great, you're being nice to yourself. But it's like, I've been using this perfectionist measuring stick, I mean, in my past, um, so, so harshly against myself and really the way that I've been able to let go of that in a lot of ways, especially with starting a new business, doing this podcast with you has been me being like, yeah, okay, let me try to redirect this need for perfection towards something that's actually going to serve me. And the only thing that serves me is like love for myself. And, And again, in that relationship with you and I, with me repeatedly showing you over and over and over again, and I call them like bricks. It's like building another brick of love and almost like a piece of evidence that I'm not going anywhere. I don't judge you. I love you in all your themes and moods and stories. I love that. And it's like, I'm doing that for me too. So every time, like yesterday, I was able to meet myself and say, you know what? Even if Sam does think you suck, I love you anyway. And it was like another huge brick because you obviously mean a lot to me. And for you to think that about me would, and if I actually believe that would be really hard for me to swallow, but I was still able to love myself, even if that were true, even though I knew it wasn't, but that was a huge, um, huge, I think journey for me to get to this point that I was like, wow, I've I've come a long way. You definitely have because for the people who resonated a bit more with my archetype, I think the idea of maybe currently, depending on where you are in your journey, the idea of being nice to yourself is literally unfathomable because being nice to yourself and allowing mistakes would be to destroy the illusion that you are perfect, which is why you think people like you in the first place. So for me, when people were saying, even coaches, even Gina and people who love me for my imperfectly perfect self, I'd be like... I, I can't do that. I, I actually have to maintain this false 
And I didn't think of it as an illusion. I really thought of it as reality. Like I just have to maintain this image. Like, yeah. and it wasn't conscious. It was just that everything I did was to maintain this standard with the standard of myself, which is so arbitrary and made up anyways. Like what is the standard? Like for me, it was like, I have to work out this many times per week and I need to do this many hours of work. And I have to also make sure that I eat well. And like, it was just this insane standard of perfection that I thought was real. Mm -hmm. And what's insane is that I was convinced unconsciously that that image that I was maintaining, like that's what people liked. Yeah. And so of course, any threat to that image would be like, but then people won't like me. And once again, this is really unconscious. Like I'm not actually thinking this because totally. if I said it out loud, I'd be like, well, that's unreasonable, which is why coaching is so powerful yes. because you hear yourself <laughs> yes. say those things out loud and you're like, well, that's not true. But it's like, it's operating unconsciously and insidiously, right? Yeah. And so deciding to be nice to myself has only been able to happen through the realization that people who love me and accept me already do that in my imperfection. Yes. They are not actually accepting me based on my perceived perfection. They know I'm a human. Yeah. They know. It's like, it's almost like I was unconsciously trying to like mask my own humanity. Like here I am. I'm perfect. I'm 2D. I am lifeless. I experience no dimension or depth. Yeah. I never have bad emotions. I never have a bad day. Do you like this? Yeah. And it's like, People didn't ever expect that from me in the first place. Like that was just something I became convinced of by way of uh, programming, marketing, right? But it was never the truth. And so yeah. unburdening, yeah, unburdening myself from the belief that people will only like me if I'm perfect has allowed me to actually be imperfect because that's not why people like me. And when you think about it, the most lovable people in pop culture right now are actually known for being imperfect. My favorite person that I love to point out when I think of this is Emma Chamberlain. Mm, you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you do. I'm obsessed with her. She's like, I don't even know how old she is. I think she's like 22 years old, but I'm obsessed with her because her entire lifestyle and business and brand is about just kind of being a lazy person. And obviously she's not. She's with this incredible business, but there's so much vulnerability in how she deals with anxiety and like depression. And she... She struggles with her body image and so all these different things. And she doesn't try to be inhuman. Yeah. She's just she's just being a human. And people love it. They eat it up. They're like, oh, look at Emma talking in bed all day in a, in a hoodie. Because that's relatable. Sweats. Perfectionism <laughs> exactly. can't be relatable. And it's like, it's well, so hard to stand next yeah. to somebody who's has that measuring stick because like, why would you want to be around that person? Because if they don't think they're perfect, well, then clearly they're going to think like, I'm even worse. That you're not. Yeah. Right. And it, it's funny because I have been told um, many times in my life that I'm very intimidating. And I used I'm to not like, be able to see that, but now I can. <laughs> I, oh I can. my God. I, I, I used to like that. I was like, Oh, interesting. Cool. Why do you think that? But now I'm like, Oh my God. No. Oh my God. No. They think I'm, they think that I am actually perfect. Not, not actually not like, but they, they think that I've like maintained or like achieved some level of like control. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Yes. It's also, you're very vocal about your expectations for yourself. Yeah. And so I actually said this to you in our conversation on Saturday because you were going off about your lack of something and just how you weren't good at this and you weren't good at that or you were just whatever. And I was like, if I applied your framework to my life, yeah, that was that a big mirror for me. I'm also nothing. And I think at that moment, did you feel it though in the moment or were you like, I don't what <laughs> I felt was, oh, that's true, but it doesn't feel like enough of a reason to not do it to me. 
I was like, you're right. I wouldn't do that to you. And you're right. That would actually mean somewhere in my books that you're doing poorly. But it seemed like the model didn't really fit on you. I was like, it doesn't really make sense to apply it. But that was actually the first moment in the last week or so when I was kind of swimming through this that I saw the Mm. utility of it. And I think that's what our intention is for Gina and I's coaching is to get you to realize that everything you're doing to be self-protective and stay safe, it's not even working. It's literally not. not even working. When people decide to choose a job that feels like comfort over you know, stretching their limits. I'm like, you're not even comfortable doing that. Yeah. You feel yeah. you feel discomfort. And so for me to realize that what I was doing was actually creating more discomfort and was serving me not at all in my life was the realization I needed to have to just drop it and let it go because I couldn't drop it and let it go until I saw its futility because in the unconsciousness, in the shadow, I feel like it's important and necessary to continue doing to protect myself. And yeah. once I was willing to accept and notice the part of me that wasn't perfect, which is really just who I already was. Like <laughs> yeah. once I was willing to accept that, I was like, wait, now the part of me that continues to try to control me has no power because I'm already okay with yeah. my imperfect self. And the reason why I'm okay yeah. with my imperfect self is because I realized no one likes me for my perceived perfect image anyways. Like that was just in my own And head. it's a it's a lose-lose scenario. Like you're not gonna be perfect. Like that does not exist. It just doesn't. It literally feels like me being like, I'm going to be 10 feet tall. It's like, it's not going to happen, dude. It's not going to happen. Like, you know it's what, not though? Happen. Okay, I know you haven't seen the Barbie movie. And this isn't really a terrible spoiler, but I just have to say this. And if you are still listening, if you were listening to this and you still have to still want to see Barbie, it's okay. You can hear this part. But there is a part where basically she perceives that she's no longer perfect. And she right. literally has a meltdown. And I was like, that's me. Like, yeah. basically, she doesn't like the fact that she won't have perfect skin and feel perfect every single morning and have her toast land perfectly on her plate or the fact that she'll have to deal with negative feelings and flat feet. And I'm like, oh my God, like she's basically lamenting being human. But then, yeah, I'm not going to talk more because there's a huge like twist at the end. But it's just interesting that we have been sold this idea really through 2D media, right? That you can achieve perfection. You're just, you're just a little bit behind. Like you just, it's okay. You just got a little bit more weight. You just got to buy this thing. Like you're always just a bit behind the eight ball because we actually bought into the idea that perfection exists. And so what I've been writing about in my book is how nothing in nature is perfect, right? But it, but it is right. It imperfectly is. Yes. But what I mean is nothing in the 2D world has 3D lifelike qualities. It doesn't harbor life. And so when you look at images on Instagram, when you look at videos on TikTok, when you look at magazines or anything, it's fucking 2D. Like it has, it harbors no life. Like an image harbors no life. There's no texture. There's no dimension. There's no contrast. There's no movement. There's no feelings. And I realized that I, it's static. And I realized I live in the 3D world. Why am I trying to imitate the 2D world? It doesn't make sense. I mean, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes people are living, trying to live in the 5D world and they're just trying to be like a full on spirit. And it's like, but you're not like you're human. Like sometimes people feel that too. And I think, you know, for me, um, a lot of the conversations I've been having this week are related to like, but how do you stop being that inner critic? How do you stop being a perfectionist? Like how, how do you, how do you stop? feeling like you need that. And I think, honestly, for me, I just got to a point where I was like, I just don't want to keep hating myself anymore. Like, 
I'll choose anything other than this. Like, this is terrible. I automatically feel bad no matter what. I'd rather pretend and like be in a delusion that I I can love myself and that I do deserve love and that I am worthy. I'd rather put all my energy into that belief than believing a different illusion. Like they're both illusions at the end of the day, right? Like you, exactly. you can choose which one. Like you pick which lie you want to believe. So if they're both going to be lies, because I do know there's a part of me that obviously knows I'm worthy, but there's just a part of me that can't believe that. It just, it's so programmed to, yeah, to yeah. believe that, no, you're not. No, you're not. And that's the shadow self. But the true self believes. And right now I, I was telling Sam that I feel like the word of my year has been duality. I think right now in this season, I feel the most unconditional self-love that I've ever felt before. And I can feel the depths of my shadow being like, you're still wrong. You're going the wrong way. And I just perpetuously time and time again, moment to moment, I just keep on recalibrating to what I believe is my truth, which is that I can love myself no matter what. I can love myself no matter what. And I'm just choosing step-by-step to believe in that truth or lie. Like we keep talking about relative truths I'm just going to keep doing that because it feels better. And it's kind of like going to Disneyland and I know the princesses there are not real. I know that. But there's something really magical about talking to them as if they are. Like I'm choosing to kind of buy into this fantasy and it makes me feel better. Like it's it's fun. And obviously that's very different from like my actual life. But I think for me that the outcome that has come from me loving myself, even when I in my brain and my ego have no evidence to believe that, it has led to me actually doing the things that I want. I'm here. I'm doing this with you. We're doing our coaching program. I'm actually doing the things that I want because there is an absence of this, I mean, more of an absence of this belief that like, I don't deserve it and I shouldn't do it. I'm I'm terrible. Yeah. And earlier, Gina was saying that she just doesn't believe like that she creates great things and has impacts on people. And I said, that only feels like a lie because you've been believing a different lie for longer, right? Exactly. Because the, to believe that we have no value and worth in the world and that we suck, that's also a lie. You've just been thinking it for a really long time. So it just feels true to you. It resonates and it's dense. It's also learned. Exactly. It's, also, it's learned. It's, it's, it's information that you distilled growing up and interpreted it that way. And it's honestly like watching like kid movies now and you're like, oh my God, that was like so inappropriate. But when you were a kid, you didn't even notice. It's like, there's so much loss in translation when you're growing up, including the information that you fed about yourself. And so now it's like, I'm retranslating that and I'm redefining what these things mean for me. And I am realizing that, oh, I only believe that, like you said, because I just have believed it so many times. And so I'm really counteracting that by choosing to believe the other thing so many times. And in that journey, there will be moments where your shadow comes up and it's really painful because it wants to go back to that because for some reason that feels more comfortable to your mind. Um, But it has been the most liberating journey for me, even though it's been so painful. Again, that duality, it's like liberating and painful to be able to just feel what it can feel like to do something and quote unquote fail, but like still love myself and not have that change my judgment and perception of myself. Just like when you do something quote unquote bad, it doesn't change the way that I think about you. 
I still love you the same. If anything, I almost like love you more. I've told you that many times. Like when you're having a breakdown, I'm like, oh my God, like I almost like expand my love for you in that moment because it's like my being knows that you need extra love in that moment. And that's what we need when we're falling apart, when we're starting to fall into the shadow, when we're starting to believe these illusions, that's when we need more love. And it's going to take some practice to step into that role. But when you do that and you just keep taking it step by step, trying in each moment to do that, you'll start to feel what it can feel like and you just won't ever want to go back. And even though I've slipped back sometimes, I'm like, no, I know there's a better way because I felt it. And it does feel so much better to my entire nervous system to be okay in my body to fail, to be okay in my body to have somebody not like me, to have it be okay in my body to not have to prove anything to anyone and to just be enough as I am. And I think what's really important about what Gina's saying is that she's highlighted a key point here, which is the conscious choice to live that way and think that way. And I think when we are quote unquote asleep right before awakening, we don't realize that we have choice right? We are literally yeah. just victim to what has been chosen for us. And so the awakening mm-hmm. is like, whoa, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose these people, this mm-hmm. life, the, these rules, these conditions. I didn't even choose this name or this body. Like I didn't choose any of this. What do I have agency and control over at this point? And it's your mind. Mm-hmm. You can literally choose yeah. to think certain things about yourself and your life and what is going to happen for you. And it's amazing that just because you have been conditioned to think that you are unworthy, that things aren't going to work out, that you are terrible and bad and awful and need to hide your humanity in order to receive external validation. You don't have to believe that anymore. And one of the most empowering awakenings for me has been realizing I am the one who gets to choose what I want to think. And it doesn't matter how long I've been thinking this thought. It wasn't me choosing to think it. I am what I choose. And Mm. it's been the only thing that's really saved me from throes of negative beliefs that come back every time I'm low or every time it believes I've done something wrong, whatever that voice is using to measure me. And whenever I don't measure up, it it just barrages me with these comments. And every single time I ask myself, would I choose to think that? The answer is no. Mm, And that's how I know it's not even my thought. And... When you have such a beautiful, literally, it's like a supercomputer in your brain, right? It comes with an algorithm. Just like when you open an Instagram Mm -hmm. account, you don't really choose what random puppies and kittens show up on there. But if you want to see something different, you type into the search box what you want to see. You a plant mom? Okay, type in some plants, right? Follow some plant accounts. Do you want to see puppies and kittens? Then keep liking photos of puppies and kittens, right? But that's the thing is realizing if I don't like what I'm seeing... I can change it. And realizing you have that power is when you start to become truly free. Yeah. And I mean, with the algorithm example, I love that example. And I always share it as well because you will start to, you will still see stuff that you used to engage with before, right? It's because it's a thought you used to have. So if you did used to watch a lot of puppies and now you hate them, it's like that's probably going to still show up in your feed until you keep on disengaging with them. And if you keep on choosing different ones, the more that you keep engaging in the plant ones, eventually the algorithm will only be filled with plants. So it does take time to kind of tip the scales the other way. And oh my gosh, bringing up Xavier again, what I love what he shed light on was about how there's a difference between unconsciously choosing your shadow and consciously choosing your shadow. 
choosing like unconsciously if I'm just choosing to hate myself like I'm totally unaware but when I become aware and I still choose to hate myself that's way more painful way more painful and equally so much more empowering when we consciously choose the light that's why Jesus said forgive them for they know not what they do right because you can only act that way when you are not conscious Right. And then you can just literally wish them well, you know, go with God. And because when you become aware, that's when you have the power to shift. And so that's really what happened with us yesterday is we had this experience that like made us aware of certain patterns. And it was actually the absence of shame that gave me the power and confidence to know I can change that pattern. And the changing of the pattern is responding differently to the pattern. And my response was so different. I was like, I'm not going to go into a hole about this. I'm not going to ignore her calls and text messages. And like, <laughs> like I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to show up and say like, hey, I was just kind of upset earlier with myself. And I'm sorry you were there. You didn't really deserve to hear me talk about that in that way. And realizing that I can survive being a human who makes mistakes. Like that doesn't make me unlovable. And I think that has been the greatest integration of my life that I'm still integrating, that I can literally be loved even if I'm not perfect. Yeah. And I think for me on the flip side, the only way that I could keep coming to you so honestly and tell you how I felt was because I really was at a point where, well, even if she doesn't like me anymore and want to be my friend, like I'm still going to love me anyway. Like I think the way that we've been able to show up so so raw to each other and just like be like, this is all my stuff. Like in a lot of ways, like spiritually, emotionally, like naked, right? To be able to be seen oh, yeah. so raw, it's because I know I'll love myself no matter what. I also do with you have a knowing that you're going to love me no matter what too, but I've also had to really also be okay with maybe she won't. And that's still okay because I think we can, I, I'm someone that tends to be more codependent and have like a an anxious attachment style. So sometimes even the people that we love most, we can, you know, have that hurt us in a way to really need them too much. But I think with you and I, like I said, because I was able to meet myself without any shame, love myself with compassion, I was able to show up honestly with you and vice versa. So we we yeah. freaking did it, man. <laughs> we did it. Always. We're always spiraling higher. I'm telling you. Like yes. this business too and everything that we've committed to creating, it's it's an expander. And when I think about expanding, I think about how when you work out and you want your muscles to expand, like first they also like tear apart. They have to break (laughs) down. It's literally amazing how many just metaphors there are that map that map like the internal out external connection. Yeah. And like pretty much anything that happens in the human body, you can see that sort of being effortlessly mirrored in your reality. And um, I'm always amazed at how these perceived rips or cracks um, in relationships they really do show where there could be deeper healing and expansion for both of you personally and collectively. And Mm -hmm. that's why Gina and I have been able to get to where we are is that we don't shy away from the shadow the way we would have before knowing that we had us to unconditionally support each other. Mm -hmm. And so we hope that you're able to find someone like that in your life or identify someone like that in your life. If you haven't found that person, you might find them inside of our community. Yes. We do host those free calls every single month. And last month was on the inner critic and perfectionism. And we're actually putting that recording for free inside of the community. We normally never do that because we want everyone to show up and become um, acquainted with other people and really actually exercise that vulnerability muscle, which is what we require everyone to do. Everyone's always like, eek, before we put them into the breakout rooms. But yeah, everyone comes back and is like, holy shit, like a whole new level of love. 
And so we invite you to join and experience that call as a recording or to join us next month. And if you really want to take the work deeper, tell them about Unlayered Self, Gina. Oh, the Unlayered Self. It is our six-month immersive group mastermind. And this one is all about honestly what me and Sam have done together, which is to really release all of these layers of shame, guilt, fear, the conditioning, the shadows, and really coming face to face with it and bringing it light. And to be able to do it in a community alongside, of course, two coaches, um, because I don't think either of us could be where we are without coaching. Um, And honestly, we're just trying to create uh, truly the experience that we both really needed and honestly, ultimately created within each other. And we're bringing in everything that we've learned, every ounce of wisdom into this group to really infuse and to help to support as um, these, these people inside of it do their own transformation and their own releases and really learn to live in relationship with it instead of thinking it's something you have to get rid of. Um, and we just can't wait. Um, we've already had quite a few of these connection calls that have been I mean, they've been like 20-minute calls, but so... We're filling up. We are, we are. We're filling up. So if it sounds like something that you feel called to do, to be the first one in your family, the first one in your your friendship circle, just to be, finally stand up to the part of you that's just ready to say like, no more, like not enough. Like I'm ready to not feel that anymore. I'm ready to not feel like this anymore. I'm ready to choose a different path. And maybe you're not going to know what that looks like, but anything has to be better than where you're currently at right now. And um, it's not until I started to choose consciously a different option that I started to feel that transformation and that love coming in. So all the details will be in the show notes. Hope to see you inside of the community. Thanks for helping us spiral higher. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and a review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. And we lovingly invite you to join our free Spiraling Higher community by clicking the link in the show notes to continue this healing dialogue and share with us how this episode impacted you. Come on in, introduce yourself, and meet your conscious besties in a safe space for healing conversations between us and other like-minded people on their healing journey. Here's to spiraling higher.